content warning for our discussion of SSSS, Dinazenin. We discuss depictions of depression, suicide, and the sexation of minors. Access mode, Dinazenin. Hello, you've seen Conrad's Pamela's Kip, and with me is my girl, Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey, Kip. How's it going, Steph? Good. How are you? Well, pretty good, you know, just nice, normal weeknight here. Just a lot to do, but a lot of fun. Uh, just a very busy time right now, it feels like, you know? Yeah, I absolutely understand. I just have to ask, um, just for the continual listeners on our show. Do you have your cup of milk handy? Oh, that was a deep. Here's the thing. (laughs) So last week I did have my partner on and she wanted to throw shade. Look, when I have a sweet thing, I like to have the sweet thing drink, which sounds different than milk, but it's milk. I like to have a nice bowl of ice cream with a little bit of milk, a nice cookie with some milk, you know? understandable and you know it was very easy for me on this topic to throw shade because obviously uh your partner did a very good job of holding her own um but i have to confess that i am also a person who if i have a sweet thing likes to have a glass of milk on the side so i i can't even criticize you as badly as i want to it's just uh it comes from being a fussy like person and that's just yes. like the kind of thing you're like right now like next to me like i have like a tea and a water and like if i'm like having like a meal like, i have like a water and a drink and if i'm having like alcohol it's like here's my water drink here's my flavor drink and here's my water you know like you know yeah <laughs> as like... i've mentioned before i keep a lot of computers on my desk because of how many different things i do um the one consistency is that i actually have at least three or four drinks at any one time rotating through the whole process and yeah if you have something chocolatey you have to have milk i'm sorry it's just the rule it's just the way it is it makes exactly. sense exactly um i was actually glad that you said she held her own because i was like um when we we're talking about doing it i told her hey you're going to do fine. Like you'll be really charming. And like, she was super worried about it. So I'm glad that like, there's like some, uh, live confirmation of. Oh yeah. She, she absolutely killed it. And I'm not just saying that because I love sailor moon. So I enjoyed that whole discussion, but you know, just the fact that she had no problem, like standing up and being her own person. Hell yeah. I love it. Perfect. No. And, um, it's hard to do something new too. So like claps all around for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Claps abound, too, for um, our subject this week is we're going to be looking at the second Gridman Universal anime, SSSS Dinazenon. But for the Ooh. claps, actually, what is uh, for our audience for reaching out when asked to kind of like give us feedback or thoughts on what they want to see us kind of doing. 
Yes. Thank you guys so much for reaching out and engaging. We enjoy the hell out of that. It's one of our favorite things in the world. So thank you for all of your your thoughts and suggestions and, you know, reaching out and just building that communication. We appreciate it very much. So um, I'm going to kind of like summarize what we got as like um, things people wanted to see. Uh, we got a lot of stuff um, saying like kaiju movies or like kaiju like Ega. Um, Ega's just like a Japanese like word or like Ega. It just means movies like pantheon of movies. Um, we got a lot of Kamen Rider, a good amount of like Super Sentai, some more specific stuff and like kaiju stuff. Like, oh, like look at camera. Look at this. Look at that. A lot of good stuff. I was also. So I have some thoughts. Um. And I think that part of me wants to do like some kind of like chronological take on like Common Rider. And then I realized that's a massive undertaking of time. <laughs> that's a lot right. of time to do that. Uh, to put it in perspective, um, the first period of Common Rider had about just under 500 episodes. And where we're at now, there's, I think, um, just under 1600 episodes, not counting various movies. Like that's across like uh, what is right now, thirty-two different series, a lot of stuff. Um, that's a massive undertaking, and even if like we split it up into, let's just do the modern era, um, starting in like two thousand with like Murder Kuga. That's a massive undertaking, you know. <laughs> right. It sounds like it, and I'll just say it just to people who have offered that suggestion. I very much appreciate it. Um. But also keep in mind that um, Kip and James Baker already have a really great relationship as far as like the common writer stuff goes. Um, and I, I kind of feel like I would almost be stepping on that to step too much into that world. So I would um, appreciate a different direction as far as like the common writer and the uh, Sentai stuff goes. There's also just um, what that show is. That's a bi-weekly show looking at the currently airing, like, the last two seasons, which started with, like, a whole new generation, like, a new emperor in Japan. Like, now it's, like, a new era thing. So, like, that's almost, like, already being done in that respect. So I was trying to think, how do we not overload with stuff, but do stuff and have, like, how do we find the balance of looking at something and um spending like time with it but also not like spending forever with it because like if we did like two episodes every two weeks of like a show that's a whole year for one show you know right like, if we wanted to like take a long look but also doing like i love our friends over at like rangers playing uh but they're doing um a whole season a month and that's like all they're doing and that's mm -hmm. a lot too <laughs> that's a lot right. in a different way um I kind of, I, I very much love the way that we formatted all of our watching up to this point. Um, and I very much enjoy anytime we can get into like a, um, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, anytime we can get into a um, variation of it that's animated to play against like the realistic aspects. So um, anything that we can do kind of in that direction, I'm all on board for. I like having that comparative um ideals to go along with anything that we talk about watch 
et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's a good point. Because uh, we feel like definitely had to like a um, non-traditional because like we started with like Slice of Life uh, with um, like Tokusatsu Ga Ga Ga. We have had like lots of animation, um, covered like a lot of bases. Um, I would like to look at like stuff like Precur and like Gara, which are like the major franchises like that are like Toku or like Toku adjacent like that we haven't yet. But um, one other thing though is that um you did really like Kamen Rider Kook. I did. There was something so fucking soothing about that series. And it's something that I struggled to explain while we had our guests also, but there was just the the nostalgia, the music, the setting, like everything about it was just perfect. I I loved everything about Kuka. I'm personally feeling like we could do Cabin Rider if it was in like a different era or time, which is the case with how recent like me and James Baker haven't gone past like 2012, really, like, for example, Cabin Rider. So, like, I guess my thought was, what if we set this show up and we say, here is our summer show. Here is our fall show. Here is our winter show. Not like all at once, but I'm saying like we say, hey, for summer, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. then we make a new decision for fall and we kind of have that like middle distance looking at like a book club sized chunk of episodes and trying to in like three months cover the totality of something you know yeah i actually really like that idea because it it lends itself to becoming just familiar enough with a piece of media and getting to enjoy it and then moving on to something else which as someone with ADHD, I love give me new subjects after I've exhausted the old one. I'm I'm here for it. Um, I did have an idea. It's kind of it, it is still common writer, which but it's a little different. Um would you like to hear it? Because I know you were saying that you might not like common writer. Oh, if I said that I didn't mean to. But yeah, absolutely. Lay it on me. Okay. So that first so it's been a whole thing, but during the 2000s, mid 2000s, the Heisei era of a common writer, that first 10 years is called like phase. It's called like phase one. Um, it's very special. Uh, there's a lot of, it went from being a show that was off the air to being on the air and becoming like a phenomenon and being like, you have a lot of shows that follow in the wake of government Kuga who like exist and are popular, but aren't, popularized like i love modern common rider but there is something special about that 2000s time period because a lot of those shows are like dramas <laughs> and then they're like oh yeah we should probably like do the sci-fi cool shit that's like flashy and like sell stuff for at least like three minutes this right. week you know yeah. so i was thinking of once i was like on the summer kick what's a show that makes me think of summer it's even better if it's a show that I haven't seen. So there is a Kamen Rider show called Kamen Rider Hibiki. It is a 2005 to 2006 Kamen Rider show. It was made in memory of the creator of Kamen Rider. It was kind of the last concept that he wanted to happen before he died, just before Kamen Rider Kuga came. Mm-hmm. It is commonly called one of the strangest or out there Kamen Rider shows. Sweet. Um. Basically, it's 
has a lot to do with nature and mentorship and finding yourself. Um, and I don't want to give away too much if we start going that way, but um, it's a show that like has a lot of hiking, has a lot of beaches, has a lot of like strange effects. Like you wouldn't maybe recognize like some of these characters for being like common writers, for example. Oh, interesting. Okay, I really like that idea just off the bat because it sounds like a uh, like a rough hewn D and D idea, and so anything that kind of presents its storytelling in a way I'm familiar with, I'm all on board with. But yeah, that sounds super interesting. Um, can I tell you the concept that the creator had? Please do. What if there were heroes that fought demons with music? Okay, so. The writer wanted a band of bards. I get it. I've been there. Now, I'm open to having this be like a longer discussion or like bringing stuff next time. Or if you want to give this a try, we could. If you want to look at the opening, maybe we could. If you think this is maybe a path we want to go. Like um, one show that does the long term, like chronological look at a franchise is The Great Gundam Project. And that always shows its shows first. <laughs> like. It has them watching like their openings first. I really like the idea of um, for our our next act taking on this common writer um, in this idea that you've just described. But I would very much like for you to keep the idea of that Gundam show in your back pocket for maybe fall or maybe if we have like a bonus episode or something that we want to record. Just because that sounds very cool because I have watched a little bit of Gundam. Um, I haven't watched anything else that we're talking about right now. Um, but that's why I think it would be a good like bonus because it's actually something I have a little bit of knowledge on. So I would love to do like a bonus episode on like Gundam. Um, the show I was talking about was called the great Gundam project. It's like a chronological look at like Gundam. They're a great cast. Uh, mm-hmm. they're incredible. Um, but also they committed like nine years of their lives from the jump. And I was just like, I, <laughs> That's a big commitment. I would love to investigate, even if it was just that part in depth, because that is hilarious. And I'll tell you, when we were doing the um, the show for Valentine's Day, and you were talking about that um, not-as-well-known cult, I grabbed one of my friends that's also in love with like these true crime deep dives, and we played around with that. Um, idea that you gave us a lot and we're like spreading information back and forth so i love anything to do with like any kind of like outside media or or like inflection like that it's so much fun and there is that weird live action gundam movie that happened once and is never talked about too i'm not sure what it's called but it's like a like mixed very early 90s like cg and like oh god American actors being directed by like Japanese like directors kind of thing. It has to be amazing. How could it not be? Um, so what do you think? Do you think we should embark on the journey of Comrade Hibiki? I do. I, I do. I think that um, you know, there's gonna be things that come up along the way. There's gonna be things that I might ask you about or you might point out that 
we might want to do like a deep dive on, but um, those are always good for like bonus episodes or like if we need to fill in or anything like that. So yeah, I'm I'm one hundred percent down to take a deep dive on some common writer because I have so little experience with it for it being the name of the show that I'm on right now. So, so you're going to common ride with me? Exactly. Um, everybody, you got it. See, mark that off your bingo card. It's it's good now. Would you like to go into this completely blind, or would you like to watch the the intro? Let's go into it completely blind. That's how I've done everything else, and I have not not enjoyed anything you've introduced me to. So, so Common Rider Hibiki is forty episodes long. Um, there is a something contentious ha- that happens at episode twenty nine. Um, so I want to have that be the end of one of our episodes, having reached that point. Um, so with that, looking at a chart, do we think that for two weeks from now on the first of our Comrider book club, our summer fun book club, (laughs) um, we can do Comrider Hibiki episodes one through eight. Yeah. I don't see any reason that would be an issue. Can you spell Hibiki out for me? Yes, it is. H-I-B-I-K-I. I will put that um, up. I do think that it's also being uploaded on YouTube officially. I don't know if it's being at a speed that would work for us. Uh, but I'm sure there's other official sources. Yeah, sure enough. I, anytime that we talk about something that we're going to record about, I try and make it a point to find at least three or four good links just in case the first one. With that, um, we should talk about what we came to, to talk about, which is SSSS Dinazenid episodes one six. Now, um, damn, this is a show, huh? <laughs> it's a different show, yeah. but it's a lot of show. I will say with um, complete honesty, this is since Kuga, the first show that you've had me watch that I've really struggled not to start watching the next uh couple episodes of because that episode six cliffhanger yeah i wasn't ready for it my learn my loins were not girded it does help that i think of the shows we've watched this is the only one that's currently airing so we couldn't have done that it doesn't matter i still had the urge to go watch more whether it existed or not i think in like six weeks or so we'll um definitely come back to the rest of the series too and like do that because that'll be a lot of fun yeah but yeah um just i liked gridman a lot um i feel like this show is doing something a little more complicated too and like a little like it's not melodramatic in the same way but like it's like i really like it i think it's like doing a like good job of like a more complicated just kind of like frame too, you know? The way that I referenced it when I was making my notes was it's the kind of show that when you first start watching it, you think to yourself, this is a kid show. This is something that, you know, I should have my my son and daughter watching. But then it starts kind of getting into these um like deep interpersonal relationships with all the characters. And it's really gritty. And in a lot of places, it's actually really dark. It's almost like a, a Christopher Nolan take on Batman. Like, it's 
it's it's got the really fun like sub play with the colors and the music to kind of like draw kids in but it isn't until you start like listening to the character storylines that you're like oh these are real people like they're trying to make an accurate representation of what legitimate like teenage people go through on a daily basis so it was um it was a lot of fun because of that, but it was also um, very not what you would expect on the surface as far as shows go, I think. No, um, something I always want to think of, like, too, is that um, when looking at shows that both are trying to, do, like, do something different or maybe just, like, don't come from, like, America, like, I think there's um, a real thing that happens where like we do have to like consider our biases and i think um we've been biased to be like kid show bad mm-hmm. in like a lot of like intense ways where it's like oh um this show is for kids and like it's like because we've been exposed to years of like ad execs and whatever like just like putting out crap <laughs> and right. saying well kids won't mind because kids will like the toy or they will like the color or it will repeat enough versus like, like um, you don't often see something like Batman, (laughs) um, a man who dresses like a bat called Batman or like um, Ghostbusters or Star Wars, like painted with that brush, despite the fact that like they are super kid friendly, like a lot of the time, like not like all Batman or, or like all like Star Wars, but like it's like this weird. Uh, there's been like a way to like lazily make kids media, so like it's kind of like made media that could be like approachable by kids or families, like have that like weird stigma. I think too, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and I say that as um, someone who is currently raising a teen, but was previously raising a toddler. Seems like they were only a day apart, but I. I watched all of her shows with her. Like she didn't watch anything that I didn't watch also, but there were several shows that she would watch that I preferred as opposed to the other ones. And those are the ones that were giving me like that little bit of adult frequency in them. But I also realized those were the same shows that I ended up hating once I started viewing them, not through um, the lens of someone who had to consume this entertainment with her, but through the lens of someone that was just looking after her period. Um, And I'm not going to say that makes it good or bad. Absolutely. I'm not trying to, you know, step in and be a Karen. Um, But I do recognize that there are some shows that maybe go a little bit over the top with the adult content, trying to appease both audiences. And I think that there is a, a distinction that you can make with that. And maybe not, um, TV shows where you have a superhero that is actively like decimating uh, small parts of cities to do it should probably not be like your four-year-old superhero. I don't want to call things like kid accessible or kid friendly because like that's like a weird way of like working yourselves back to like children's media where it's like yes like there is like a slight difference in like gears sometimes but still like I don't know if like the fact that like this might be kid friendly or whatever uh makes it like th- the same as like baby shark but also like 
had a certain point, like I'm just like, ah, I like the way that these characters are being angsty and telling stories. I don't care if it's like PG. This seems like it's not PG. Like this seems like it's like squarely aimed at teens and adults, like this show, like which is like a little different than like some other shows we looked at. But uh, like there's definitely references yeah, definitely. to like mental health and like certain. Concerns. There's no, there's no part of this show in particular that it lends itself to. Let's talk about our colors and our, our shapes. No, there's nothing about this. Like it's one of the things that I put in my notes. Like. You can watch this show, and if you judge it like by maybe the first seven and a half, eight minutes, you might think, "Oh, this is a kid show," until you like get into the storyline. And there's a lot of like dark, gritty, like real life stuff that is happening, especially like once you get into the story, the sister suicide. Like that is something that you know, unfortunately. Middle school, junior high school kids are starting to think about and have to deal with. So this this isn't a kid show by any way, shape, or form. Like it might have a little bit of simplistic animation here and there, but it's it's not a kid show. It wasn't made for kids. It was made for teenagers and young adults who are dealing with these things for the very first time. That is also true where it's like there's stuff that like we might like associate like with like certain kinds of media that is not always true. It's like, Oh yeah, this is like definitely like in zone. Um, one thing I do want to do is like really quick. Uh, people love to hear it, but, uh, we did look at the first six episodes, episode one. What is a Kaiju user? So two, what's your reason for fighting? Episode three, what is a traitor? So it's four. What is this thumping heart? Episode five. What's lover like mean? Episode six. What is pain? Uh, so many tragic answers for all those questions. Yeah. Um, I also wrote lots of questions on our notes, and I don't want to, like, literally no, get them all. But um, I think this is a show that um, is most interesting to look at how it's dealing with repetition. And, like, maybe it's just because we watched the other show, um, Gridman, like, so recently. But there's so much that, like, repeats in different ways or like we see like this is this inversion on this character or this relationship that comes up in this show. Like this show seems like it's like just like so clearly like it's painting like with the same palette and there's like lots of like moments that like repeat in in different ways, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's definitely a certain comfort in that, even if it's like a topic that's inherently uncomfortable. If you kind of, like, see that repetition, it starts to become, like, part of your psyche or, or like, part of your thought process. Like, I, I don't know the best way to put that, but I I feel like even if it's, like, apathy, there is a very um, comforting aspect to repetition. So if you're repeatedly apathetic, if you're repeatedly someone who only has a certain number of values and one says, you don't care anymore like i think that there is something about that that people have a tendency to latch on to and this show i feel like would be very good for that no and um i just like um i can't help but like look at this show and think wow this is a show that got its order and knew what it was going to do and is doing it like I've been watching like some stuff lately that definitely didn't have the, the like uh 
pre-production time or like money where it's like, oh, like you didn't get to really bring things in the same way to make it so concise. But like, this is like a tightly wound like right. clock here too, you know? Like there's stuff like people are seeing the kaiju. There's not mist everywhere. There's no kaiju on the horizon. Like people are seeing the effects. Like that second episode is um, you see like Yamogi and like Yume like going out to, to like see the wreckage, you know? Like this is a different like world stakes like this is like there's different focus here like some like some of the same things are happening but they're all in like a different context too yeah and i think to me like um i really enjoyed this show i loved all the like um the step up the nuances like everything they played the entire show i felt like as far as like the heroic got perfectly um the only thing that bothered me was there was so much like um question about and from an outsider's perspective there was so much question about like timelines and and how things were associating and like the way that everything was supposed to be like if it was supposed to be this nice peaceful like ambient atmosphere or if it was supposed to be like this really chaotic oh yeah we see kaiju every day like there was so much about like the background information that I felt like was conflated that that was the only thing that I would feel like I had an issue with with this show. It does definitely the mist and the dreaminess and the like amnesia and the things resetting every day does make the logistics better than like um I'm going to take this like plane to school really quick and then put it back in my pocket, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, that's like a definite like thing right i do wonder though because like it does seem like people are barely talking about what's going on with the kaiju Mm -hmm. for it like being a constant issue but also like it did sound like maybe like things were happening across the country or or at least like across the city more because like it's like oh like how do i get to the fight like oh we're going to the mountains to train like there's like some weird like fudging with distance i think happening yeah definitely and they were definitely playing a tabletop there as far as justice was concerned um actually one of the questions that i wanted to ask you was if you were gonna be part of the dinazenon which part would you be oh that's a hard question because here's the thing um got the boat sub that one has cool attacks seems like it's very situational but you're guaranteed to get a special episode just about taking care of yourself and what you can do. There's the plane, always good to be a plane. There's the car, like you're always a car. Then there's the like 0.5 robo kind of thing. Like I'm the fighter like inside of stuff. Right. Probably the fighter inside of stuff because then I could like have some fights on my own. i be <laughs> honest. What about you? I don't know. I kind of like went through a lot of emotions watching these first six episodes, but I think I would have to be the um, the driver. I'd have to be the car. Um, mm. Not only am I also like in real life a great driver under pressure, uh, intentionally bought a manual. Hell yeah! But anyway, um, yeah. I, oh, you bought a manual. Yeah. I thought you were saying that you were a bottom annually, and I was like, okay. That's good to know. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, subscribe to my OnlyFans. www. No, just joking. Um, 
No, I just, I thought that would be fun because I love, like, fucking letting the gears out on my car and just going crazy. So, I don't know. To me, it'd be fun to be like the Dinozenon that's like, hell yeah, I'm winning all these races. So, in Malta, while we're not fighting the bad guys. Okay. Let's reverse this question a little bit. Um, You oh. get to, you don't get to know what your individual piece is. But you do mm. get to know what part of the body you are. Like you can pick a part of the body, and you just like might get something. Like you don't know what like the mech is, but you could pick the part of the body you are, and then that okay. like will determine like what. Oh, am I the plane? Am I the fast car? Am I the like shitty car? Am I the drill? What am I? You know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the mouse then. The mouse. Yeah, I'm all about stacking charisma, babe. I like the idea that it's like a special mech where there's like six people and like one person's legs, one's body, one's arms, one head, one wing, one mouth, just like the mouth by itself. Yeah, and the mouth is all just like how whatever you stacked into charisma's points. I'm going to pick um, the arms because that seems like a cool way to go. Like to turn into arms. Yeah, especially if you were like doing the jerking off motion right when you died. That is true. That's a good way to go out. Just like, yeah, well, fuck you and here's some jizz. That's what I always say. Yeah, I know. I'm going to put that on your tombstone. Fuck you and the jizz you wrote it on. That's, That's right. Kip says, fuck you and the jizz you wrote it on, bud. Bub. <laughs> Bub. And get off my property. Bad ombre, get off my lawn. Uh, But no, Um, one thing... I do want to say is that all these characters have a little bit more definition to them going into them than in Gridman. Cause like you have stuff like Yomogi is all about being independent and we see him and he's like with his friends, but he's like super like half checked in, half checked out. Like, Oh, I'm popular, but I'm not actually friends with these people. And then we like see him like at work. We see him like giving up like, his mom's like boyfriend's like money and like wanting to like have his own stuff. And like, it's very interesting to see like, um, what they're trying to, to do with him, you know? The, the part that was very interesting for me was the fact that, um, not only was he at work, but like he had this very, very weird dynamic with a woman who was much older than him. And that just might be, like, my my inner mom coming out and being like, that's fucking weird, don't do that. But, yeah, there is something a little bizarre about somebody as old as his co-worker was being that invested in his love life. We do see, like, she's also the person who is um, the childhood crush of Koyomi, who's, like, out having food with him later. So, like, she's in both of their stories. That's true, but you also have to remember that Kiyomi was pure fucking chaos, which was also why he was one of my favorite characters, don't get me wrong. But he was pure fucking chaos. It's a character that I've definitely known working jobs in high school and college, like the person who's like older, but like doesn't feel like they're like an adult or like a parent's age. Like they're just like oh yeah, like I'll talk about stuff with you and I'll like pride your personal life and like 
what have you. Uh, that definitely does happen. It's a little, it's kind of fucked up, but like, it's like on the annoying end of the fucked up rather than like yeah. the other stuff. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, and it's not to say that like that's necessarily dangerous. Um, for my aspect, it's just weird when anybody's that invested in you. And um, yeah, it was kind of weird how invested she was with him, but. It did give him a place to kind of, like, blow his steam. So, you know, can't be that mad about it. There's this point, like, I forget the exact, like, questions she asked him. But, like, um, when she finds out that he was with, like, a, like, girl, like, she says, were you with her erotically? And then he was like, not erotically. yeah. There's definitely something going on with her with what we see from Koyomi in the flashbacks and, like, he seems like actively traumatized by her, but like right. if it wasn't for that, she would come off as like somebody who like got married, wasn't really feeling it and is working and is like her entertainment and like her investment is like getting too close to people. And like that does kind of match like the going out to eat with like Koyomi too, where it's like that seems like a weird thing to do with somebody who like you haven't seen in like 20 years that like like does not seem that comfortable either you know yeah exactly and i think one of the notes that i read about kiyomi was just the fact that um he at least the six episodes that i watched um like was for all intents and purposes like the nice guy that like people who claim to be a nice guy aspire to like he was uh he he like put himself out there he really for better or worse, much worse, um, you know, kind of let these people into his circle. And, you know, it sucks that he got taken advantage of. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, he really was just, as far as he knew, trying to do the right thing by the people around him. So he was a good character in that respect. And Japanese media definitely has a weird hate boner for neats where it's like oh like they like have this whole like lost generation they have some people like we're just like outside of like i don't want to be part of the whole like salary man like work culture like till i die culture and there are lots of people who like are usually like derided more by the narrative so to see him being treated as like a good person but like a traumatized person and like maybe like a person who like needs some kind of healing or like support that they're not getting um is definitely um better than what i could expect because like i was expecting the character to be more of a joke and more of like a pathetic character in a much different way too like when i first saw him right and i will say that's um as far as this show goes it it definitely had its pros and its cons but it did take mental illness very seriously and i i will give it that um especially as far as like um the sister having to come to terms with the fact that her older sister might have committed suicide instead of being murdered like she'd been thought this entire time like that's when you're in high school i feel like for um people have certain mental disorders it that's a very real time to feel suicidal so the fact that they handled that with as much grace as they did was a really big um shout of respect 
to that production company because that's definitely not something that I feel like a lot of companies are prepared for. So they they definitely like pulled out all the stops for that. And too, like I really um do love that there's such strong imagery. Like you have stuff like at the start you see um like Yumi is like on top of a floodgate. And like I never realized, but like after seeing the floodgate realized, oh, like the hills that people bike to school in 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 the like, anime are there for like tsunamis and stuff and like meant to like break the water. And like I never realized like this like fun like slice of lifestyle like yearning youthful like piece of imagery from like so much like stuff like i've seen is like oh it's like a cool image in itself because it's like literally meant for like the water to break like against it and like it will like lead to like catastrophe if it doesn't and like just like oh like that's why like there are these formed hills and then like to have like this like big massive like floodgate on top of it. It was like, oh wow. This is like a real like recontextualization of like a thing I've seen in like a lot of stuff I've watched. But also to see her sitting on top of like a floodgate singing is a really strong image too, you know? Yeah. And and I obviously never realized all that um background to all of those events, but you know, I with this show I I 100% could see that because they, um, at least as far as shows go, seem to have shown a bit more sensitivity to those types of issues than most shows would. Um, and they played the characters very honestly, I felt like. Um, it As gritty as it was, it probably could have been darker if they decided to play them that way, but they didn't. They just it seemed like all of the characters played very honestly to their, their style. And, um, I do think the implication was that she was on top of the floodgate where her sister died, which is a lot. Uh, cause like we only get like a split second flash of that moment too. And like, they're very like, there is definitely a content warning. Maybe I should make sure, um, content warning for mentions of like suicide and like mental health issues at, the top of the episode but um yeah like i love the way that like her name is like yumi too which like means dream in japanese so like it's interesting because japanese is a complicated language that i don't speak so maybe it's like the characters are vastly different but i also know that like yumi is the spelling when it's like translated over that is the same for dream as her name which is like in yeah for sure um and her um her imagery is like the two interlocking like the black and like the white like ink which is like symbol of like life and death and like interlock like show like her and her sister and like it's a puzzle but she can't solve it um but also that recurs like a lot too like um episode six when koyomi is a meeting with um the lady from um Yumongi's like work they have umbrellas that are not interlocked that look like the eggs and have the same color scheme too so it's like a cool thing like that comes back the like marble from Gridman that was like shining that comes back in the way that there's these weird pieces of 
marble or like glass that are like starlight that are like misshapen and we see um the youngest member of the cast is like she say like find a piece and like i think like that's going to come up later too it's like there's lots of stuff that's like just close enough but different in the show what do you think of her because i like don't mind conceptually a character who's like 12 or 13 who's like dressing like she thinks she's cute but then part of me is like that's icky <laughs> you know um to me, it was definitely icky. Um, okay. And mostly because they kept putting her in these very adult situations, which, okay, I'm I'm not ever going to be the person to, to slut shame or to, you know, try and make people live to my principles, whatever. Not even but. I'm going to say yeah. you're presenting yourself a, a certain way. Fine. Find your audience, stick to your audience. If you've decided that that's your audience, you, for whatever reason, trust them, fine. Don't put yourself in the position to be in front of anybody else's audience. If you're going to put yourself in a position to be easily attacked, that's, I I don't know any better, more political way to put that. I mean, just, it's again, I think like, in a macro sense, like with Gridman, I was like, I like that there's some, this makes sense with the character, but also be aware that people are shitty and you can't do the honor system on this stuff. And sometimes you have to like tread with caution and like not present things certain ways. And I think like it's different when there's a 16 year old who's maybe in more of a bikini than they should be. And when it's like, an 11 or 12 year old has like a slit in her mini skirt and is wearing like one of those, like, I'm not sure like what you call like the tops that have like one tie. Like I get that you want to show that like she thinks she's an adult or she thinks that she's like grown up and she's like away from school and stuff. But she like definitely does have that thing where I'm like, Oh, I like really don't like the people not following the honor system, what they could do this design exactly and and that's my point i'm i'm not ever going to be the person that is going to victim blame what i am going to say is you can't fucking trust anyone and i'm saying this as as a female as a female who in my younger days was much more attractive than i am now i'm saying this as a female who is gay who has been in a lot of very weird situations i'm going to say that you can't trust people who have a lack of impulse control. You cannot control the people who have a lack of impulse control. Um, And I'm not saying, like, button down and, you know, fucking wear hoodies for the rest of your life. I'm just saying be smart. That's all I'm saying. An onus on creators to you can't just do shit that plainly gets across your point of what a character is or, like, what a story is. If it's that easily misconstrued or misused or mistaken so there's other ways to do it like i think even if she was like in like a tank top and sweatpants and was like wearing some makeup like that would be better than like that just something where it's like okay she is a character who like is like i'm so grown up whatever and like i know there's going to be like in episode nine like she'll be missing in the city and there will be like weird like 
dude implications, but it turns out it's fine. But like, I just really hated her design the whole time. I was like, you, you shouldn't like, I get that you're maybe doing something with it. And like, I got the sense you were, but like, fuck, be exactly. aware of the world around you when you're. Exactly. And there's always, no matter what you do, no matter how pure hearted your intention is, there's always going to be fucking perverts. So I'm not saying don't, um, don't express yourself because of them, because that's exactly the world they want. Don't fucking do that. But if you're going to express yourself, do it safely. Do it with backup. Always have fucking backup. And, you know, from there on, do your thing. I mean, also be prepared for the fact that this is a very video-oriented world. You're probably going to end up pictured somewhere. If that's what you want, fine. If it's not what you want, don't fuck it. It's like... Yeah, people are so quick. Yeah, exactly. Just be safe. That's all I that's all I say on every subject. Just be safe. Though I do want to say that um I am not active in the anime community, but I have noticed real efforts to eliminate conversations or topics that are mature and getting rid of allowing characters who are not mature in that. Like I've seen lots of stuff like, hey, um, here's this Twitter for like confessions. We don't want to hear about your confessions for children characters, you know, like that kind of stuff. I've seen a lot more cognizance of that. And I've also seen like, uh, just um, last year, there was like this show that was being translated and like they translated Lollicon, which means somebody who's like sexually attracted to children to pedophile and a lot of people were pissed off but hats off yes correct that's a good translation that's what that word means you know <laughs> yeah and it's also just weird too because like yumi and her friend may are a another female friendship like what we saw with like rika and like hakane but they're so much better handled as far as like they don't have any of the sexual tension nearly that like those two had. And also like those two had like clear designs, like Rika had legs for days and was like <laughs> a, a lot, honestly, you know? Yeah. But there, there definitely was like a, a ship sitch happening there. Like you could see that when they were laying on the couch together and holding hands, like, I, I've got a lot of really close friends, but if I did that, you know, my wife might, might divorce me. So there's, I don't know, you kind of have to be careful when going into that intimacy bubble with people. They weren't like super hot and breathy the same way as like the other two were. Oh, yeah, that's, I will definitely give you that. They definitely weren't. Um, there was just, there was things to recognize there, I thought. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't like um, nitrous. It was more like just drive it down the road. Yeah, it was more like a slow kerosene. You might, you know, get a little bit of a, a oil lamp fire going there. But after that, you have to kind of tend to it. And they weren't going to tend to it. Somebody we haven't really talked about is like Galma. And uh, he definitely has some fan fiction like fodder, too. Because like in the second or third episode, he just like busts into like the bath completely naked from apparently like talking to like 
And sits in the bathtub. Yes. Just like yeah. he's naked before he gets in the room. He's like, hey, I want to talk to you. So I came to your house, got my balls out, and now let's talk. My favorite part was um, uh, putting the uh, cold water faucet over his his no-no parts. Um, that just that cracked me up to no end. But then to show in the very next scene, him sitting in the bathtub. <laughs> like, he was my absolute favorite version of, like, chaos magic like gama had all of it he just made me laugh so much um i love physical comedy there should be more physical comedy more like people holding up watermelons and bananas and really like anything that they did in austin powers they should do more of now i think oh yeah i'm i'm all about the austin powers movie first off hell yeah um second off he was hilarious in every scene that he was in. Like, I, I loved him. He was probably my favorite character out of this franchise. Oh, you mean like Galma, not Austin Powers? Like, I thought you were talking about Austin Powers. Either of them, honestly. True, true. Do I make you horny, baby? Make you red. <laughs> uh, I just, um... It's not you, it's your milk. It's not you, it's your milk is like the worst thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> like, tell Ali I said hi. <laughs> but yeah, um, just he's a fun character because like he's definitely the grid man of this show. It's so far as like the mysterious character from another world. Well, not only that, but he's he's so goofy. Like that's what's fun about him. Like he has no problem like being rude or impetuous or anything like he is just all down for i'm going to get my food that i want to get i'm going to get my sleep that i want to get and then i'm done with you fuck you and that's my life like he's just such a fun character to have around and like there's like lots of stuff like he's eating crabs when they're talking about like betrayal and it's like okay like like it's like super on the nose like his house under the like bridge that's and basically they keep like showing thing. the crabs that's what made it funny the, the crabs are just like fuck this guy and he could not care less like this cast feels stronger than the other cast like as much as like i liked it um still wish they were more responsible with their like child characters like outfit but besides that there's really no complaints in like the way the cast is being like, to, like they work because like the last show was about a character, like and like they were like head shitting, they were transforming. This is like a show about like for characters who are like in like a like gas high, like in like a like combination, and like I like how like that came down to strengthening what the ensemble had to do really strongly too, right? Uh, to the point where like. You have like different scenes, like the like fake Starbucks and the fake, and the fake like 7 Eleven scenes, like happening and like recurring from the like that past show, but for different people and like a lot of weird things going on. Like, I uh, do um, want to talk a little bit actually about um, the villains in this show, the Kaiju Eugenesis, which is a very evocative name. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a name you can make when you're an anime that you maybe couldn't do in like an American show, for example, <laughs> you know? 
I think that um, this particular band of villains was very poetic for um, this line of TV shows just because they were so unique. I loved the fact that they were like portrayed as these like deeply sensitive artistic type of characters um and that they had like a real understanding of the kaiju and how they were approaching the world with them as opposed to you know just being very um two-dimensional like a lot of uh villains tend to be when we're watching these type of shows um and the fact that they were willing to each of them take the time to kind of learn a little bit about like the hero and how they were approaching, you know, taking them on and like battle strategies and everything. My favorite being the character that kept thinking that he was dying going, Oh, I thought I was dead there. Favorite line that gets repeated during the whole series. And they're all like, um, very clearly like, um, meant to, meant to be foils to the main cast, like in like Dinazenon too, where it's like, Oh, like, you're like redheaded and you're mad. Like, um, the only place like where it gets the like, kind of fuzzy is that, um, they avoid the thing where like the girl is the girl that like lots of like superhero stuff do, where it seems like Bujina is more like aligned with Koyomi and like Suzumi is more like aligned with, uh, Yumi too, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, um, I, um, think they're very interesting because we do get, their um their statement of what they're about pretty early on in the show which is like very cool um because the kaiju are different like in that first show you had akane like from clay or wood or whatever like carving kaiju right versus here kaiju are like just little things like that exist and you could probably take out with like modern military like hardware that get made gigantic and much more threatened. Um compared to uh in that last show it was like um instance aberration. Now it's instance like domination. domination. And one thing is that like each of these kaiju has like an ability that's basically um meant to provide them distance from other people around them. Basically like if you get within like the personal space of like this kaiju, like you're getting like the shit kicked out of you basically like melted or like exploded or crushed, which is like fun. Right. Um, what gets like said is that Kaiju are people's will and it's who they are without being interrupted basically. And like what the Kaiju you Genesis are basically saying is like, they're building a world where people aren't interfered with by the world around them, which I think is very interesting as a, when you look at the main cast, you see somebody who wants to be independent. You see somebody who is a neat and for the past 10 or more years hasn't been working or engaged with the world around him. You see somebody who is having a lot of trouble connecting with people and is like having rumors like spread about her. Like you see somebody who's like um, not in school and should be because they're like 12, you know, like it's like very interesting that like um the question asked in like episode four is um do you just want to fight kaiju which is interesting too because it's like well do you just want to fight people 
who want to be disconnected from like people around them, which I think is like very interesting as like a statement of like what the show's about, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's um a lot that could be explored with the kaiju if it wasn't um so severely painted like they were the bad guys and we need to have as little to do with them as possible. But I mean, as far as kaiju go in this show especially, they were a very interesting series of bad guys and the way that each one kind of had their like eccentricities was a lot of fun to watch. And I think um what's it a name? Like a, if you're using people that want to be left alone, that is like a form of like it's weird that the villains don't see the hypocrisy in being basically like a a like troop of people who want to build a world where people could be left alone and they do it by using that part of people and like by dominating like that part of people they do it by um like just um denying that people can want something else and like the show is all about hey you're not happy when you're independent you're not happy when you're spending years like in your bed not doing anything you're not happy when you're not in school you're happy when you're with people and like as much as it sucks to be like hurt by people and like we're seeing like the bad like end of that with like the like suicide plot line. Um, there's also goodness to it. There's also like, oh wow, I like um that scene where Yamoki is sick and he gets like a little like hair package of like snacks is the happiest we see him in the show. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's just interesting that um the show is just about connection. It's so many levels from like the we have to combine and that's just like, hey, the it's fun how much the show is just like, hey, here's the words that we're using. Here's the names for these groups and for what they're doing. And it's all right there. I feel like it's a good thing that we made it so accessible. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Yeah. And that's the only thing. I couldn't finally get an answer for is what Zenod means. Um, and I know she's the girl of the 22nd century and stuff. I just couldn't find what that word means. Um, I'd love to help, but yeah, I didn't have any luck either. And of course, there's that cliffhanger. What a cliffhanger. Oh my god, I'm so angry about I'm guessing you like immediately knew who that was, right? Yeah, I did, but I still wanted to watch like eight more episodes to get my confirmation. If they're going to do, like, every two years another one of these, that's perfect, honestly. Says you, bud. Oh, you want more? Yeah. Now I'm on a kick. I want all the things. So, Steph, um, you also had something like that, like you wanted to announce you're starting up, too? Yeah, that's my uh, podcast with my uh, very good friend, um, one of the... Uh, Group of women that I call my wife. Um, so this is wife number <laughs> one. Um, we're going to be starting a podcast together where uh, we do some pretty intricate deep dives into both tabletop and video games. And um, we learn a little bit more about ourselves in the process. I'm sorry for laughing, but one of the group of people that I call my wife makes yeah. sound like they like become one big one. And like, it's like, oh, like, 
today I have like this one and that one. Yeah. Is there yeah, a n- name life. or any like um Yes, the podcast is going to be called Ar- Arcade Militia. Um I have a site for it that we're still working on, so I'm not going to give it now, but I will eventually and I will get corresponding information to go along with that podcast. So be on lookout for Arcade Militia in the next couple of weeks, uh, wherever podcasts are imbibed. Imbibed perfect, yes. Imbibed perfect. Bibe me. But no, uh, so um, you can find uh, me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge. You can find the podcast at Copyright Me on Twitter and Instagram. You could send in questions or comments, or just if you want to be part of the Common Rider Hibiki Book Club. Um, which is episodes one through eight for next time for me and Steph. Um, please send questions to podcast at come right with me. A lot of fun to be had there. I'm really excited to do like a seasonal kind of show. And I think even like that's the kind of thing where there's lots of flexibility or maybe it's like the kind of thing where in the future, if we had the right person, like it could be like, oh, for the fall, look at this. It's a uh, Roddy Dangerfield. <laughs> I feel like. If uh, you wanted to, you could also reach my friend Kippy um, with a glass of milk wherever you find podcasts. He'll be there waiting. If you leave some milk out and play The Boys Are Back in Town, uh, I'll burn down your house. That, that's Isn't the that promise. what we all always wanted? Happy uh, New Year, everybody. It's sure it's buddy. Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, but no, did we learn anything or no? I think that I learned that whether it's um, two-dimensional, three-dimensional, or animated, you're never too young to be exploited by the animators. And um, Happy New Year. Those are our lessons. You're never too young to be exploited by the animators. Sounds like some real fucking, like, Dead Space 2, like, weird religion space obelisk shit. <laughs>